women are leading powerful ministry movements around the world. The growth of the church in many countries is largely due to the leadership of women. What are the barriers still keeping women from realizing or reaching their calling? What are some strategies to overcome these barriers in order for women to thrive in work and ministry? Welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. I'm Dennis Weens, your host with Sat7 USA. Each week, I invite a guest to the podcast for a conversation about their fresh ministry idea and their innovative approach. As you listen, let us know how it helps you. Give us a like and be sure to share it with your friends. Again, if you've heard of a fresh idea in ministry, let me know. I'd like to welcome them onto the podcast to explain. My guest is Carolyn Moore, founder, pastor of Mosaic Church in Evans, Georgia. So, uh, Carolyn, welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. So grateful. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. I noticed you have an MDiv as well as a Doctor of Ministry from Asbury Theological Seminary with a focus on church planning. You also have served as a pastor on staff, focusing on spiritual formation and congregational development, and you co-host a podcast as well, and you do some writing. Mm -hmm. I know you've got a new book coming out, so we've got a lot to talk about in a few minutes. And I I was interested in your uh, purpose statement to equip a new generation of women to rise up with the tools in hand to welcome and advance God's kingdom on earth. So thank you for reaching out to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. I've been looking forward to this conversation. And for our listeners, if you if you have an unconventional ministry approach, uh, you can go to our website, sat7usa.org. That's S-A-T, number seven, USA.org, slash podcast. And there's a place there to submit your idea. And we'd be glad to welcome you to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. So, Carolyn, uh, we want to talk about women in ministry leadership, and I want to share with our listeners that we're not going to talk about women in ministry, but women that embrace ministry leadership. Uh, there's challenges that they face, barriers, and so we want to start there mm-hmm. with our conversation. Mm-hmm. And then I know you have a lot of strategies to help them, so uh, our conversation is starting with uh, barriers and why don't you just share with us some of those barriers that women uh, face once they embrace this idea of ministry leadership? Thank you. I, I really appreciate the fact that you said we're, we're really not talking about whether or not women can lead. We're really just talking about what happens when women lead. Absolutely. So, um, so the, when women lead, and this is this is there, there there are challenges specific to women leaders. Whether you are in the church or 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 working in a secular setting, it's kind of a global reality. There are challenges women face. Of course, there's challenges men face too. But the challenges women face are different. And so, the more we understand them, uh, the better uh, prepared we can be to meet them and then strategize past them. Some of the barriers that I've discovered in my conversations with women who lead are, first of all, if you if you lead inside the church, there's the theological barrier. Um, just depending on where your leadership is inside the church, you may meet resistance with those who disagree with your place there. And so that's something that women have to contend with. And then there's the perception barrier. That goes beyond theological understandings. 
I, the way I like to describe it is this way. In, in Genesis 1 and 2, we made a partnership between men and women. And in Genesis 3, that partnership turned into a hierarchy. The, the Bible actually says that, that men and women began to contend against each other in Genesis 3. And so we live on a in a post-Genesis 3 world. Right. And in this post-Genesis 3 world, whether you're secular or sacred, you feel the effects of the fall. People have a certain perception of what leadership looks like, and very often that leadership perception is masculine. And so, uh, for for a woman who has a leadership position in any in any capacity, um, a person looking at her may say that just doesn't look like what a leader ought to look like. And so they have this sort of internal shift inside themselves about whether they will respect her or or listen to her, uh, kind of enter into whatever she's leading. And um, sort of a second part to that perception. If others perceive me in a negative light because I lead as a female, that may have an effect on how I feel about myself as a leader. I may find myself struggling with against my own sense of call and authority to lead. And so I may find myself actually uh, apologizing my way into a room or wondering if I should be at the table, even if I've been invited to the table. So that perception barrier is a huge one for women right. who lead. And that would be and, also in the corporate world, not only in the church. These are... This would apply to business, corporate world, um, maybe even school, school boards, all all levels of culture and society, probably. Right, because whether you classify yourself as a fallen human being, you're a fallen human being. <laughs> you know? right. We all live in a fallen world, and so we are all struggling. And in fact, in the United States, we actually have it better than in other countries where women aren't even allowed to get an education after a certain grade level, or certainly not, um, you know, it was just in, within the last 10 years that women in Saudi Arabia were able to drive. Um, it's these These are... These are huge, um, I guess, barriers for women across the globe. Never mind the tribe or the or the faith tradition. Never mind secular or sacred. This is just this is just part of a fallen existence. We right. tend to be we tend to think in hierarchies. So um, so that's the perception barrier. And then we then resources and benchmarks. If there's fewer women. Uh, in leadership, then clearly the, the the resources would lag behind. The the benchmarks might be um, strangely skewed against women. The you know I come what 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 classifies as a success for me is do I do I have to meet the same benchmarks as a as a man in the same profession as me? The pastoral care barrier is an interesting one for women. If if I already struggle to see myself as a leader. And I tend to have a more nurturing style about myself, as many, not all, but many women do, then I may find myself more interested in doing pastoral care, but that can limit my ministry. Carrie mm -hmm. Newhoff talks about this. It can limit a person's ministry, whether male or female, to, to lean too heavily on pastoral care rather than creating the systems that allow uh, an entire community to participate in pastoral care. You've done a lot of uh, research in this area. You just mentioned yeah. some uh, reading yes. you've done. 
And you, you've yeah. written a book, When Women Lead, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But mm-hmm. in reading about that book, it's not about making excuses, but it's about listening to statistics and then developing strategies. I was curious, what are those statistics that uh, are speaking to the church today? Oh, there are so many. <laughs> what was amazing to me was to find in my research that while the church has very much underprocessed the underst- their understanding of women in ministry. And you may say, well, actually, many tribes um, have, dis- have made a decision theologically that women can lead. Um, and, and so we've done our work. But that's really only half the work. Even if you've decided that women ha- who are called and gifted have a place in leadership, you still don't haven't done the rest of the work about what happens when women lead. Um, and so to, to, to do that research, I had to go into the business world, to the psychology world, to the education world, and there are just tons of studies out there that talk about what happens when women lead and the unspoken barriers that women face. But I have to tell you a positive one that really moved me. Um, uh, Ed Stetzer and Warren Bird did a study of, of planters, not, not women planters, but just church planters across the country several years ago. It was the most comprehensive study of church planners that's been done in the United States. Really strong study. And they discovered that when a church planter is is, uh, is, is eyes wide open about their the, the, the challenges that they face in their planting experience, that they don't just sort of gloss over it with, well, God called me, God will take care of me, but they actually look at the challenges they will face and they deal with them head on and honestly, transparently, not trying to be um, naive about them. Then that church planter, knowing the challenges is not less likely to succeed, but actually 400 times more likely to succeed just because they know the challenges. I looked at the same, uh, I kind of looked at uh, the small business administration studies of of, uh, small business um, owners of entrepreneurial types. And I discovered the same statistical findings there that when a small business owner, a person starting their own business, when they understand the challenges, they are exponentially more likely to succeed just knowing what it is they're up against. So knowing these knowing these barriers, you're exactly right. We're not. I'm, the, what I've written here is not. Um, it's not a whiner's manual. <laughs> right. It's actually listen. You need to understand what you're up against so that you can find the strategies that will lead you beyond those barriers. So you can um, so you can live out the call God has given you. Do it with joy and bear fruit for the kingdom of God. It's really ultimately a kingdom of God. Uh, um, issue that we're talking about. It's not a it's not a gender issue. Ultimately, it's a kingdom of God issue. You know, as you, I travel around the country, I'm at a lot of churches, and it seems a lot of churches are church planning. They're starting new churches, mm-hmm. but are they looking at these statistics that you just mentioned uh, to really understand the dynamics of what they want to do in planning a church? Well, I I sure don't want to speak for all churches everywhere. I can say that uh, I. I have met more than my quota of church planters who simply assume that the call is enough and that they don't need to get the, they don't need to do the research. They don't need to um, really understand strategically how 
um, how this call will be lived out in their community, in their tribe, um, with the leadership team that they have. If you've not done the legwork, if you've really not done the the demographic work, um, you're just setting yourself up for, if, if not failure, then certainly a very steep learning curve. And I speak from experience. I planted a church 19 years ago, and I have made every mistake in the book. <laughs> and much of it early on when I thought, well, you know, God called me, God equipped me, God will do it, God will see me through it. Well, of course, God is there, but God is looking for people who are not just gentle as doves, but wise as serpents. He's looking right. for us to love, love the Lord your God with your whole mind and not just your whole heart. Let's move on to the next part, and you've kind of led into it already. What are the strategies you've developed? I know we've talked a lot about some barriers, mm-hmm. uh, but you as well provide many strategies to help women embrace uh, leadership and to fulfill the purpose and uh, ministry that God has entrusted to them. So talk to us a little bit, and uh, you don't have to tell all the, str- uh, all the strategies because we want people to purchase your book, but <laughs> what, what, are, what are some of these strategies that you've developed for women to embrace uh, leadership positions? Well, you know, the, 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 the quote that I kind of worked off of as I developed the strategies or li- really listened um, to so many leaders and, and began to see the strategies rise to the surface was a quote from Jim Collins, the author of Good to Great. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he wrote, um, when, when what you're good at comes together with what you're passionate about, not only does your work move toward greatness, but so does your life. So often we've, we, 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 we're passionate about a thing, but we really don't do the work necessary to get really good at it. And so the whole second half of my book is what's it going to take for you to get really good at leading spiritually in the church or leading spiritually um, uh, the nonprofit that you, that you run or leading in um, leading your, even leading your small group, leading your children's ministry, wherever you're leading, what's it going to take for you to get really good at it? And I start with um, identity. And I think this is whether you're male or female, unless you know who you are in Jesus, you're going to struggle to lead anyone else. So um, really understanding your, your identity in Christ, what he has called you to, when he, what he has he um, um, gifted you for, um, what are your anchors? What are your, what are your vocational anchors? What are the things that God has placed in your life? And how can you use that um, in, the, in the, the ministry setting in which you serve? When we know who we are, when we're comfortable in our own skin, um, we, we can we can enter into a world of uncertainty, right? With with a lot of assurance, and that sort of leads me to the next thing, and that's authority. Um, as I said earlier, so many women, um, just the experience that I have heard so many women express is that we we tend to feel uncomfortable at the tables we're sitting at, even if we've been invited to that leadership table. So I really I really encourage women to embrace their authority. If God has called, equipped, and anointed you. Then, um, then we we need to hear Paul's word to the Ephesians and stand. Uh, equip yourself, and you know, with 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 the whole armor of God, and then learn to stand in that authority. And then I give a lot of really practical things. Um, uh, women need to learn negotiation skills, learn budgeting, learn all the 
pieces of very um, practically leading a ministry so that you are not um, uh, so that you're so that you don't leave yourself feeling insecure and vulnerable in the places where um, where God's equipped and called you. So very much it's about really getting good at the thing you're passionate about. Very good. And the ministry I serve with, Sat7, it's a Middle East-based ministry, broadcast mm-hmm. media ministry in the Middle mm-hmm. East with a Middle East council that governs the ministry. And our CEO is a woman, Rita El-Munayir, and uh, she sits in the boardroom around the table with a lot of the men, you know, but she wow. holds her own. She does a yeah. great job. And uh, as you were talking some of these strategies, I was thinking of her. And uh, yeah. she came, you grew up in a bomb uh, shelter. Uh, wow. because of the war in Lebanon. But now wow. she leads uh, a broadcast media ministry, four satellite TV, TV channels. And then we got an app that's giving us global distribution of content. Uh, so amazing what Rita is doing as a woman leading a major broadcast media ministry in the Middle East. Talk to us a little bit about how people can get more uh, information. I know you do a lot of writing on ministry, on yeah. worship, on holiness. Yeah. Um I think your website is artofholiness.com. That's right. So you can find, I blog at Art of Holiness, and I also do a podcast together with my son-in-law. Um, we look at uh, we look at issues of holiness, supernatural ministry, and intergenerational encouragement. We've uh, interviewed some really great uh, people, both inside and outside the ministry world. And so uh, look us up at artofholiness.com to find my book. It, it releases in September, but you can order it. Um, uh, on Amazon, if you're ordering before it has released, you can pre-order on um, um, seedbed.com. And uh, seed, if you if you pre-order on seedbed.com, that's S-E-E-D-B-E-D.com, you'll get a few extra goodies. You'll get the first ch- couple of chapters electronically, so you can start reading. Um, you'll get a conversation with J.D. Walt and me, and you'll also get $20 off of a class I'm teaching starting in October, a six-week class, Zoom class, um, on what happens when women lead. Very good. And you also the pastor of Mosaic Church in Evans, Georgia. That's right. That's right. We're the we are we we think of ourselves as a missional community. So maybe I'll have to come back on another time and talk about what missional communities look like uh, because we're doing a little bit different model of church. We have a ton of of local outreach that comes out of our of our ministry and it's really beautiful much of it focused on people with disabilities so um, that's a whole other passion of mine and you can hear me preach on sundays online um, at mosaicchurchevans.com very good and i encourage people to go to your website Mm artofholiness.com and also check out mosaicchurchevansville.org yeah. And uh, not Evansville, Evans. Uh, yes, mosaicchurchevans.org. I think yes. between the two of us, we'll get it right. <laughs> we'll get it right. Yeah. Again, I want to th- uh, thank you for coming on the Unconventional Ministry podcast and talking a little bit about uh, some of the challenges women face embracing their calling to leadership in the church and also in the secular world. And uh, again, thank you for for joining us. A great privilege. Thank you very much. And blessings on you and everything that you're doing to extend the gospel to the far ends of the earth. What a grace your ministry is. Thank you. In our changing world, there are more ways than ever to do ministry. SAT7 as a broadcast media ministry is changing how ministry is done. 
through innovative approaches, collaborative efforts, broadcast satellite television, web streaming, and social media, SAT7 is making a difference. Visit SAT7 online today at sat7usa.org to learn ways you can be a part of this kingdom work. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. If you know of an unconventional ministry approach, please introduce us. We'd like to have them on as guests. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thank you.